Do me a favor, I can't see you. Hi, everybody. Would you, would you turn to the 75th Psalm? Psalm 75, and uh, I want to read a couple of verses out of this before I read the whole psalm. Verse 2 of Psalm 75 and verse 3. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it. Who's speaking? Now those could not be the words of David. Yes, they are the words of David, but these are primarily the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we read this psalm, I want us to read all this psalm as Christ in the first person. Psalm 75. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. For that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. When I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. I bear up the pillars of it. Selah. I said unto the fools, deal not foolishly. And to the wicked, lift not, not up the horn. Now, the word horn is symbolic of power in the scriptures. Lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one, and setteth up another. For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup, and the wine is red. It's full of mixture, and he poureth out the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. But I will declare forever, I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off. But the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are. 
for who you are. Lord, we ask in Christ's name that you would reveal yourself to each one of us according to your will, that you would speak in power from your word to our hearts. And Lord, enable us to worship thy dear Son. Lord, we confess our sins. We confess the sinfulness of our thoughts, of our deeds, of our motives. And we pray for forgiveness and cleansing. We pray for your grace upon this assembly. We ask that you would give us grace to love you more than we've ever loved you before by your grace. And give us grace to love one another and be servants one to another. Bless us for the Lord's sake. Be with all your people wherever they meet together. Accept our thanksgiving. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Now this is the Lord Jesus speaking as we. Remember when he said, thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. This is the Lord Jesus speaking as a we in behalf of all of his people. Now, like I said, as we looked at these verses, this is the Lord speaking. Unto thee, O Lord, do we give thanks. Unto thee do we give thanks. Now, listen to this scripture from 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything, give thanks. Now, do you hear that? In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Whatever it is, whatever you're going through, whatever I'm going through. And I know some people go through some very difficult circumstances. I would not in any way um, be hard toward that. The things people go through, I've had it easy. The things people go through, the difficult things. And yet, Paul says in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, whatever it is. It's God's will concerning you. And don't give thanks because things could be worse. Give thanks because things could not be better. All things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. It's said of the reprobate in Romans chapter 1, neither were they thankful. May God give us grace to be truly thankful people at all times. Amen? In everything, give thanks. Unto thee, O God, do we give thanks. Unto thee we give thanks, for that thy name is near. Thy name is near. His name is his person. For thy name is near, thy wonderful works declare. Now, I'd love to think of his wonderful works. They can be divided into his works of creation, his works of providence, his works of salvation. 
His wonderful works declare his name is near. You're in his creation right now, aren't you? He's very near. You're in his providence right now. He's the one who controls everything that takes place. Let me repeat, uh, don't ever say that was providential. Because if you say that was providential, the implication is, is that's some kind of special providential thing that the other stuff wasn't. Everything is his perfect providence. He's very near. He's very near. You're, the time right now you're in says he's very near. Oh, his wonderful work of salvation. The word is nigh thee, nigh thee, even in thy heart, in thy mouth, the word of faith which we speak. He's near. He's not a God afar off. He's near. Verse 2, when I shall receive the congregation, I will judge uprightly. Now, this is the Lord Jesus speaking. And do you know we receive him? No doubt about it. As many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. But we receive him because he received us. And he judges uprightly. When he makes a judgment with regarding every one of his believer, believers, he judges them uprightly. It's called justification. They are just before him. They're without sin before him. And he gives everybody all of his people, what they have coming, justification because of what Christ did for them. He always judges rightly. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? Now it says in verse 3, the earth and all the inhabitants thereof are dissolved. They're unstable. They're melting away. I bear up the pillars of it. Now when the earth and all the inhabitants of the earth shake, I am the one that upholds the pillars of the earth. He upholdeth all things, the scripture says, by the word of his power. Now this could not be speaking of David the man. This is speaking of David's son and David's Lord, the greater David, the Lord Jesus Christ. He upholds the pillars of the earth. When everything seems so unstable, when everything seems to be dissolved, melting, guess who's upholding the pillars of the earth at all times? By him, all things consist. What a glorious Lord we have. Verse 4, I said unto the fools. Now, the word fools here is not the word generally translated fools as far as what we, the way the Bible usually uses the word. It's a different word. It's the boastful. I said to the boastful. The boastful. The proud. What is more unreasonable than pride? What do you have that you didn't receive. And to be proud of what you are. To be proud of who you are. What about just being envious of somebody. Because they have some position that you think ought to be coming to you. What about being jealous of somebody. Because you think it ought to be coming to you. That, that's boastful. That's, you think, I think 
we got it coming to us. Isn't that so contrary to the grace of God? What do you have that you didn't receive? Now, he's speaking to the boastful at this time. I said to the boastful, deal not foolishly. It's so foolish to be boastful. And to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Now, the horn in the scripture always speaks of power. Don't think of your power or any power you have. You know, people uh, covet power. The only power there is is the Lord's. He's the only power. Power belongeth unto the Lord. When people think of powerful people and powerful men and women, there are no powerful men and women. Power belongeth unto the Lord. Don't ever, by the grace of God, don't ever even think like that. He says to the wicked, lift not up the horn. Don't think of power. Verse 5, lift not up your horn on high. Speak not with a stiff neck. It's so contrary. Verse 6. I love this verse. For promotion. Cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. What's the only direction left? God. The north. Promotion only comes from him. Promotion has one source. Now, I want us to remember the unalterable law of the kingdom of heaven. Everyone that exalts himself shall be abased. The Lord knows how to abase them that walk in pride. And everyone This exalting yourself is promoting yourself, isn't it? That's exactly what it is. It's promoting yourself. Remember, promotion doesn't, it only comes from the Lord. When you promote yourself, you shall be abased. If I promote myself, I shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Uh, The beautiful illustration the Bible gives us of this is the Pharisee and the publican. The Pharisee exalted himself. Lord, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are. And what about the Pharisee or the publican? He beat on his breast crying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And what took place? One was exalted. The other was abased. Now let's go on reading. Verse 7. God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. I love to think of this. The Lord putting down one and bringing up another. Turn with me for a moment to 1 Samuel chapter 2. I think this is the best commentary on this passage of scripture. He putteth down one and setteth up another. This is Hannah's prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn, what strength I have, is exalted in the Lord. 
My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoice in thy salvation. There's none holy as the Lord, for there's none beside thee. Neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more so exceeding proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge. By him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty men are broken. And they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that are full have hired out themselves for bread. And they that were hungry ceased, so that the barren hath borne seven. And she that hath many children is wax feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive. He bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich. He bringeth low and lifteth up. He raiseth up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill to set him among princes and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And he has set the world upon them. He will keep the feet of his saints. And the wicked shall be silent in darkness. For by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth. And he shall give strength unto his king. And exalt the horn of his anointed. The Lord bringeth down, the Lord raises up. He is the judge, he putteth down one, verse 7, and setteth up another. Verse 8, Psalm 75. For in the hand of the Lord there's a cup. Now this is the cup that the Lord spoke of when he was in Gethsemane's garden. And this is what this is a reference to. You remember when he said, sweating great drops of blood? If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. And this is the cup that he's speaking of here. And notice he says the wine is red. That means boiling. Boiling. That's not talking about the collar red. If I said that right. Collar, color, however you say it. This is not talking about the collar red. This is talking about the content of that cup that he was called upon to drink. And when we consider something like this, we're so aware of uh, all of us, me and you are both aware of our ignorance of understanding this, but the content of that cup, yes, it was the wrath of God, Yes, it was the pain of wrath, the pain of separation. But more than anything else, that was his people's sins that he was drinking and taking into his own body on the tree. He said, if it be possible, let this cup 
passed from me. Now somebody says, he knew it wasn't possible. How could he say that? I don't know, but he did. The thought of drinking in that sin, taking our sins in his own body on the tree. This is the transference of sin. The sins of his people became his sins. He drank them into his own body on the tree. After this, after this time in Gethsemane, he said in John chapter 18, the cup which my father has given me, shall I not drink it? He drank that cup. This is what this is a reference to. For in the hand of the Lord, verse 8, is a cup, and the wine is red, boiling. It's full of mixture. And he poureth out the same. But the dregs thereof, all the wicked of the earth, shall wring them out and drink them. All of the wicked of the earth shall drink. Now, the Lord experienced all the wrath of God as the substitute of his people. He took my place and he bore my sin and he experienced the wrath of God and he satisfied it. He satisfied that. That's why I was raised from the dead. But all the wicked will drink of the dregs of that cup. Verse 9, but I will declare forever. I will sing praises to the God of Jacob. Now that's the covenant of God. I've, the covenant God. The God of Jacob. Don't you love how he is called the God of Jacob? That gives me hope that he's my God. My covenant God. The God of Jacob. Jacob have I loved. Now verse 10. All the horns. That's the strength of the wicked. Also will I cut off. But the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Now here are the two kinds of people. The wicked and the righteous. Now I realize that all men by nature, me and you, by nature are born into this world wicked. Wicked. That's strong language. Wicked. Um, Paul said there's no difference. Talking about men. There's no difference. There's no difference between me and you. There's no difference between you and anybody else in the world in the sense that we're all wicked. You believe that about yourself? We're all wicked. That's what we are by nature. Born into this world, you take the most moral, fine, upstanding man, and I'm not, uh, we ought to all be fine, moral, upstanding man. But before God, you take the most moral man, and you take the most immoral man. There's no difference. There's no difference. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yet we have this description of Christ of all men, the righteous and the wicked. If I'm in Christ, I am righteous altogether righteous. When I stand before God in judgment, I'll have nothing to be ashamed of. 
I won't have any skeletons in the closet. Nothing can be brought against my charge. I stand righteous. Righteous. And then there are the wicked. Those who stand in themselves. Those who stand in Christ. Those who stand in themselves. Righteous and wicked. Now, turn with me for a moment. This is the last scripture we'll look at. To Isaiah chapter 3. All the horns of the wicked also will I cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. Isaiah chapter 3. Verse 10. Say ye to the righteous that it shall be well with him. For they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Now think about what that says. It's going to be well for the righteous. For they shall eat the fruit of their doings. Now, somebody says, that doesn't sound too good to me if I eat the fruit of my doings. Uh, If Christ's doings are your doings, it's all good, isn't it? That's the point. I think of that passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. Uh, where it, let's turn, hold your finger there. I said I wouldn't turn it anymore, but I want you to look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his Body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Now, when I stand before God in judgment, I'm going to receive for the things done in this body. And they're all good. Because Christ's righteousness is my personal righteousness. This is not um, some kind of paste on righteousness. This means everything I've done in my body is good. Say to the righteous, it'll be well with them. They're going to receive the fruit of their doing. My history is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The 33 years that the Lord lived upon this earth. That's my doing. That's what it means to be saved by the righteousness of Christ. It's not a le- You know, I've heard people talk about justification. They've called it, uh, it's forensic. You know, that word's not in the Bible. It's his righteousness is my righteousness. His doing is my doing. It's all good. And that's why it's going to be well with me. Say to the righteous, Isaiah said, it'll be well with them. They're going to receive the fruit of their doing, and their doing is all good. Say that to the righteous. Verse 11. Woe unto the wicked. It shall be ill with him, for the reward of his hands 
shall be given him. He's going to be given exactly what he deserves, the work of his hands. What he actually, God's just. And his judgment is always perfectly just. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? And he's going to give everybody exactly what they personally deserve. Say to the righteous, it's going to be well. Whatever happens is for your good. It's all good. Say to the righteous, it shall be well. Say to the wicked, it shall be ill. They're going to be given what they deserve. Well, the gospels are glorious, isn't it? Amen.